There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. What TV show from your youth would you like to see get the movie treatment? And uh, bonus points if you want to cast it. Go right ahead with that, too. This is the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. 651 641 1071. What TV show from your youth would you like to see get the movie treatment? And if you want to go ahead and cast it, that might be fun. Or we can all do it together, whatever. Uh, but give us a call, 651-641-1071. Why are we asking? Well, um, because, okay, first of all, I had forgotten, and maybe I knew at one point, that Ryan Gosling is attached to that Barbie movie. Um, but, apparently, before he does that, Variety is reporting that he is going to star in The Fall Guy which will be an adaptation of the 1980s TV series, The Fall Guy. Uh, and this is the series that starred Lee Majors that ran from 81 to 86 that followed the life of a Hollywood stuntman with a side hustle as a bounty hunter. And so I thought Very 80s. it's so 80s, right? And also everything old is new again in 2022. Yeah, uh, We have no shortage of reboots of all different types. Um, and I never, I don't know about you, I never watched The Fall Guy. I was aware of The Fall Guy. Yeah, no, I didn't watch those shows. I didn't watch A-Team, Fall Guy. I was not watching that kind of TV. Yeah, but I do know that it was a popular show, and I thought, well, of course they're going to remake it, and of course Ryan Gosling is going to star in it, but what movie from your childhood, or TV <coughs> show, sorry, what TV show from your childhood would you like to see get the movie treatment? And we've got Leah on the line should we go to Leah? Hi, Leah. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Leah, what Good. TV show from your youth would you like to see a movie made out of? Little House on the Prairie. You are p- singing, preaching to the choir. <laughs> because made, I'm with you. We've made some types of them, but no. I want Laura Bath, Mary, all little kids. Yeah. And would you want it to be based on the books or really based on the TV show? Um, oh, gosh, that's a good question. Really good question. Because the two are completely different. Totally, yeah. I think on the TV show. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah, it. Yeah, I think that's where you'd get probably the biggest audience, right? Like you'd appeal to the audience who grew up watching Little House. And tell me what yeah. you think about this, Leah, because this actually happened at the Guthrie Theater when the music they mounted the musical, the uh, Little House on the Prairie musical. The Ma was played by Melissa Gilbert, who was the original Laura. I feel like That'd that would be, cool. be a good casting for the movie, right? 
I saw that one. Perfect. Did they do that more than once? Because I remember Thanks, seeing that Leah. at the Ordway. They did. So thank you for your call, Thanks. Leah. Um, yes, you're welcome. They did do. Uh, they did do that at the Ordway. They so they did a traveling production. Oh, okay. And that's so. But it started here. Yeah, oh, okay. it started um, on stage. At you the are Guthrie the resident the little house experto. It's true. Uh, let's go to Sydney. Hi, Sydney. Sydney, what TV show from your childhood would you like to see get the movie treatment? Um, you know, I was a big fan of Columbo. Ah. And um, I don't know how they would do it these days with all the technology. You know, it was a lot about the clues and the evidence and all of that. Um, and you were saying, well, who would who would be the lead? You know, I just like a uh, real, you know, a... Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think these days who's a real character actor like they used to have. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that that would be my choice. All Thank right. you, Sydney. Good old for Peter your Falk. Call. I don't know who could fill those shoes. I know. But I want Natasha Leone to play Columbo. Oh, Thank that you. would be really cool. Actually, you know what? Holly? I like the gender swapping. I do too. And Natasha Leone is kind of she's got a funky character like Peter Falk. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, given any thought, Bradley Trainer, to the? Oh, I mean, there's TV so many from your youth. There's so many. I mean, like you. I think people are drawn toward as our, you know, listeners have shared this the drama end of TV shows from mm-hmm. our youth. So I think of you know in in that vein, Remington Steel, Hunter, like those kinds of action mm-hmm. shows. Murder, she wrote. Mm-hmm. The problem is, uh, you know, a lot of these shows were just so f- so much a vehicle for the actors who played these roles that I don't know you'd really be able to create anything that's you know it's like the Brady Bunch movie was hilarious right right because it did just the amount of satire that it needed but it didn't take it seriously it was like a parody yeah of the Brady Bunch right yeah um, and so I feel like you'd have to do that with these shows and make fun of uh, you know kind of how corny they were otherwise if you sort of bring it into the modern day it's just not going to have the same appeal even though it might be interesting you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. relevant and of our time that would sort of then make it something different and i don't Mm -hmm. know it's a hard question but that made me then go to all of the wonderful comedy uh or the sitcoms from our youth that haven't made it on the big screen like the facts of life yeah mama's family i mean could you do that on the big screen i don't know i feel like i feel like vicky lawrence is i think she's available and she would love to be mama yeah, on the big screen. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. Holly, do you have any ideas of, of uh, a show from your youth that you'd like to see in a movie form? Let's do an elf movie. Oh, let's do it. Why I, not? If I want the elf movie, I want like the behind the scenes drama of the actual elf show. I would like and the, like, the yeah. HBO, uh, HBO Max docuseries on behind the scenes at Alf. Mm-hmm. But, Holly, to your point, I think, like, the big screen ALF, because you could sort of make ALF in the present day, right? Because ALF wouldn't change. Mm-mm. You're not going to be looking at a gray-haired ALF. You would be looking at ALF dropped into 2020, which I think in and of itself would be fascinating. The problem is, I think there's about four people who would go to see that show, right? Because, like... Do kids know about the ALF? Well, it's funny that you were just saying that because I was thinking in my mind, we should. I should probably clarify that you are not saying ELF. You are saying ELF, Alien Light Form, which is a TV show. That's right. He's from Melmac. Yeah, because he I eats think... cats. Which is... I would like to change his diet. 
Thank you. Well, that would certainly be a plot point because everybody <laughs> loves cats now. So he'd have to <laughs> yeah. like, like everybody else going vegetarian, he's going, you know, cat free. Mm-hmm. He's doing a juice cleanse. And if you want to watch the movie that's actually based on the real life behind oh, yeah. the scenes drama of the actual show, Alf, that movie's called Permanent Midnight. And that was made in the late 90s. Mm. And it's all based on the writer who worked on that show. Yes. What's his name? Jerry Stahl. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do want to just read this tweet from Panda who said, when I was a kiddo, I loved Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. With how production has improved since then, a reboot could be pretty cool. I think we've had a few of those recently, at least within the past five years. A movie version of Power Rangers. Mm -hmm. Go, go, Power Rangers. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, speaking of movies, let's talk Oscars. What? Didn't we just have the Oscars? We did. What? But now there's a conversation about who is going to be hosting next year. And the suggestion might just rock your world. No pun intended. We'll talk about it after this on My Talk 107.1. The greatest ain't no debate. No. Well, we are talking about the Oscars on the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 107.1. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. The Oscars, they just happened. Why are we talking about the Oscars, Bradley? Why? Well, because an ABC executive is saying something about next year's telecast, and I can't. Um, oh, God. Okay. So uh, I saw this article over at the deadline. Hey, ABC's open to Chris Rock hosting next year. Okay, great. I mean, I feel like he should get a do-over if he wants. We can talk about that more uh, later, that casting choice, if you will. But uh, it was more about um, how this was framed by none other than Craig Erwich. Craig is the president of entertainment over at ABC, uh, and he told Deadline that, uh, you know, (laughs) he promised, quote, that the Disney-owned network will make the telecast even better than this year. Um. Okay. Hey, hey, Craig, first of all, it's not that hard. I feel like you could put a pet rock on the stage and it would be better than last. Even better would just (laughs) include anything not involving assault on stage. Right. Am I right? Exactly. Okay, so there's that. But like when you as a human say the words, hey, guys, next year's going to be even better than this year. That implies that this year was awesome. Mm -hmm. And then you're saying superlatively, perhaps. It's going to be even better. But there's some uh, there's some understanding that this year was great. Right. Do you feel like this year's Oscars telecast got any reviews involving the words great, awesome, uh, wonderful, fabulous, magnificent, unusually uh, wonderful? No. In the interest of full disclosure, I can't even say that I paid any attention to any actual reviews of the actual telecast because there were they were overshadowed by the myriad of stories about the slap heard around the world. Yeah, and I will tell you, you know, as somebody who was watching in real time, that despite whatever I thought of the actual telecast up to that point, which I thought, you know, it was great, it was fine. Uh, you know, I loved the comedic element of having three comedians um, up there, especially three uh, female comedians, two comedian females of color. Like, there were all sorts of great things happening, sure, but you, but beyond that, like the the mere fact that there were no eyeballs on the telecast until, like mm-hmm. like numer numerologic, like the numbers weren't there until Will Smith slapped mm-hmm. Chris Rock. Fact. Uh, and even with those eyeballs, 
it was still a record low. Mm-hmm. Well, second record low or something, right? Like it was yep. not- notably poor. So for the president of entertainment over at ABC to say, hey guys, next year's gonna be even better! Right. Yeah. You're right. like, okay. are you drunk? Not a stretch. Are you drunk, Craig? And then, Colleen, he goes on to say um, that, you know, despite the Will Smith slap on Chris Rock, he thought it was a really successful year. Okay. By what measure, sir? Okay, so this is just PR babble. Like, this, he's programmed to say these things without thinking. Because if he was actually thinking, and maybe part of that is that he doesn't want to draw attention to the thing that got them attention again. Do you see what I'm saying? So he's yeah. going to stay focused on the telecast and making it bigger and better la- next year than it was this year so that he doesn't have to talk about the thing that happened. Also, can I just take a quick pivot to talk about the reality of Chris Rock actually hosting and how that would he would have to then talk about and address what happened well, last year, which is just awkward. And it, it it's it's premature to put Chris Rock in that position and to use Chris Rock as a tool right. um, to sort of like talk about how next year's going to be even better. Yeah, finger guns. Um, pew, pew. Pew, pew. <laughs> uh, right? Can't you just see him just like finger gunning all over the place? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. it's going to be great, you guys. <laughs> and everyone else is like, I don't, we're, we're like, I, I know we all like Kool-Aid around here, but like, you can't, you can't wash the smell off of, you know, the, what's the word? The um, noxious fumes mm-hmm. from last year's telecast. Like, true. And it just is what it is. So, like, what I would do is be like, yeah, we're working on creating a really special perform uh lineup next year and we are going to look forward and we are going to move on and we are going to create something new now what he pointed at again we're talking about an an exec over at abc talking about how next year's oscars are going to be even better you know he went on to say some things that like you know okay sure but again like you can't deny what actually happened so he goes my assessment of the oscars uh, was it was a really successful it it really was a successful year for the show obviously there was a lot of controversy which overshadowed a lot of the positive things about the show but i was really happy about the program even before that very unfortunate moment the show started off up year over year and we came back in a big way in fact he goes on to say isn't that just an outright lie well no but this is what he's focusing okay. on The show was up from last year in a key demographic. But do you remember last year? I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Meaning the year before this uh, last telecast? That was the pandemic year. They were in that airplane hangar. We oh, were in the need- midst of a global yeah. pandemic where hundreds of thousands of people were in hospitals and dying. Yeah. And nobody cared that much about, like, 
So that's not the bar. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And to just treat it as if it was sort of like, oh, yeah, but, you know, like last year we were way up from the year before. Well, obviously, who wasn't? Right. Because last year was kind of a dud. And it's just to try to make more out of this than it really is. Again, I think just tells you that he's getting a big fat salary from ABC and is is smoking the Kool-Aid. Smoking the Kool-Aid? Which I don't blame him because you got to put a shine on it. But. At the same time, anyone reading is going to be like, oh, Craig? Yeah. Newsflash. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, <laughs> it's so funny. It's not funny. Ha ha funny. But it just is interesting to me that, that the journey we've been on with the Oscars telecast, that the, we're having the same conversations year after year after year with just a different landscape around them, right? It's all about how do we make the Oscars bigger and better next year? And the bigger and better than next year, than last year, the last year always changes, but the Oscars never changes. Like we have not ever moved the needle in the direction that they, they are so eager to move it in and they continue to, you know, sort of get in front of everybody and go, the Oscars are going to still be a thing. It's like they're trying to save themselves. And the rest of us are like, I mean, I kind of don't really care what you do. Right. Just because you say it doesn't mean it's so. Exactly. I don't care. And I I will say I do care. I love the Oscars. However, you have to understand that, like, we are predisposed to to be fascinated by the celebrity and the movies, but just look at the numbers. Like they have alienated a large part of the audience. And again, you can't just talk your way out of that. You have Mm -hmm. to do something different. Now, do I, do I feel sorry for them in the sense that like the audience is like, we're also predisposed in the age of social media to never like anything. Mm -hmm. So anything they show up with, people are like, well, let me get my quick hot take. That's going to somehow make me look smart and you look dumb. And yeah. and I get that that's a real thing that they're having to fight against. But the answer to that is to not just simply say, like, there's a fight there, like, behind you, there is a building in ruins. And you're like, you know, um, this house next year is going to look even better than it did this year. <laughs> okay. As compared to? The crap show it was last yeah. time. Yeah. The other thing I think... Oh, we don't have time to get into it. I just think, you know, their metrics are the ratings, but they never, they don't try things long enough to turn that over in any important way, right? They do it once and then they go, well, that didn't work. So next year we're going to try something different and better. We'll see. We'll be the judge. We will be the judge. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly, we call them. Deeper. We'll tell you about them after this on My Talk 1071. Fun. You guys are fun. Fun. My top 1071. Hey guys, Bradley. Uh, Celebrities behaving badly. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And uh, we have a name for them, and that name is D-Bugs. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who is your baggity? It's just like Kanye West and Kim oh. and the, and all maybe all the Kardashians and just this whole entire story. Oh, okay. So apparently, again, in the interest of full disclosure, I am not putting time and attention into watching the Kardashians mm-hmm. on Hulu, um, but I am reading I'm just the report talk of the about report. Them, uh, my I job. Am, I am because here's the thing. 
It's so easy. It's so easy, and you don't have to watch it in order to know what's going on on it. Um, oh, by the way, I do want to close the loop on a D-bag moment from yesterday in a second, uh, but I'll tell you about this one really quick first. So, Kanye, okay, so apparently in the next episode of The Kardashians, there's this moment that is meant to showcase what an amazing father Kanye West is. Okay. And you may say to yourself, what an amazing father he is. What an amazing was he, he there is. for his children when they were struggling was with some sort of emotional discomfort? Did he hand down some wise words of wisdom? Did he support them in some certain special way? Sorry, you don't have to That's say a all lot the of words. Questions. Just it's fine. Oh. You can just say ditto or something. No, he um he's a seriously awesome father because he loves to bring his kids to school and he did it in the most amazing way. How? He rented a fire truck to drive his children to school. Oh jeez. So Kim says to the camera, Kanye's here to pick up the kids to take them to school. He loves to do that. So, of course, this is a very Kanye way. He comes in a full fire truck. Okay. No matter what we're going through, I always want my kids to be around their dad as much as possible and have their mornings with dad and get dropped off at school. And then she says to the kids, like, this is the coolest thing ever. Who gets to ride in a fire truck? And they're all sitting in the in the you know fire truck together. And apparently Kanye has on like a fire hat, by the way. Actual firefighters are driving the fire truck to school. And the kids are excited, of course, because it's a fire truck, right? And they're like at peak fire truck age. Yeah. And Kanye says of his uh, supreme parenting, uh, he says, I think sometimes people are bashful to be super dads. Everybody wants to be a cool dad, and sometimes you just got to wear a fire hat. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to wear the Easter bunny costume. How are you feeling over there? Uh, this is just crap. I can, I was, no. <laughs> this is like every, it's just, it's so obvious because. <laughs> Science, what? No. No, because um, I, I'm having a hard time like figuring out where to stab uh, my <laughs> wow. interest in this particular okay. story. Like where to put my finger to okay. begin the outrage that's seething mm-hmm. within me. I hear me. you. Because it's like you have a salad in front of you and you're trying to figure out where to get the yeah, fork like, in. Do, do I want to go for the olive Just first? remember the tomato is slippery. The anchovy first. Like what's the tastiest tidbit? Mm-hmm. The crouton? I'm going to go for the crouton because I love croutons, mm. especially if they're homemade. Crunchy. Um, I'll post my recipe online later. No. Um, the reason I say all that is because... Think back to when you were a child. I do that once a week in therapy. Well, okay. <laughs> Generically, non, non, uh, problematically. Okay. As a general rule, uh-huh. do you remember as you get older the kind of birthday cake and or the gift? that you got from your parents or do you find yourself ruminating about the lessons your parents taught you the unspoken right. things that your parents gave you i will say the thing i'm confronted with on a daily basis from moment to moment is the lessons and the the ways that they shaped me yeah Yes. And so when parents do this thing, and I get it, like I have been the uncle who's like, I'm going to buy you the biggest Disney castle mm-hmm. for you to play with your princesses in. Mm-hmm. Um, but when that 
child is an adult, they're not going to be most grateful for the Disney castle because that's going to be in a landfill. Yeah. They're going to be most grateful for the non-tangible things. And I know it's so obvious. Any Mm -hmm. parent could tell you this, and I'm not a parent, but I just think this kind of behavior, like these kids don't need, like they already know they're wealthy. Like they're confronted with their wealth on a regular basis. In fact, where is the parental display of not indulging your wealth every five Mm -hmm. seconds Mm -hmm. such that these children will be able to navigate the world in a way that they're not taking advantage of other people who just want to be close to them because of their fame, fortune, and privilege. Mm -hmm. Say it! Like, that is a Give me one tabloid story about how Kanye didn't give in to the things his kids wanted. Mm -hmm. Because what kid doesn't want a fire truck? I mean, you know, or what kid doesn't want like a giant inflatable head of themselves where everybody has to walk through their mouth? I mean, okay, I don't want that. I don't think I was into that. Maybe some nightmares. Yeah. But the kid's going to be like, of course I want that. Yeah. And they're not going to have the brain function to say no. Mm -hmm. That's a sign of like, you did the easiest thing. Right. Right. So congrats. Because what that is is like that's the equivalent of showing up and then throwing money at somebody else so you can look really good and which it's not is what to they say do pretty well and it's not to say rich people can't do rich things for their kids sure. it's to say but what else but if you are going to live in tabloid headlines as a career mm-hmm. where's the like op, like where's the other side of that well and then when you balance that with the fact that this is all about a storyline for their tv show which is the way that people know them through their quote reality show is that is that what you are pointing to to say Kanye's a really great dad? Yeah, because if it is, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I'm good. No. Thanks. Yeah. I'm golden. I mean, again, anybody can do that. All it mm-hmm. takes is money. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't know that, despite what rich people would have you believe, that that's really going to create much character. In fact, I mean, how many like episodes of The Crown do you need to watch mm-hmm. before all the power and money and influence in the world got you nothing but. Um, wanting to like not be happy also an interesting timing on this narrative okay How are so? you talking about when it actually happened or are you talking about when it's coming out well all of it in the okay. kardashian jenner space-time continuum rest assured that this is actually happening last fall and this was all before kanye west and his social media commentaries got him into some pickles yes and now he's completely silent so this is a way to restructure and reconfigure the narration Mm -hmm. of kanye west yes vis-a-vis his fatherhood right absolutely 150 percent also i would like to say i'm very hopeful that this didn't actually occur during a time when those firefighters were needed for uh some of the really terrible yeah, well, I can, fires I, I can that were think, happening. The fire department would have The world is littered with examples of rich people getting things when they shouldn't. So I wouldn't right. be surprised, but at the same time, who knows? Can I quickly close the loop on yesterday's yeah. uh, debug, which was Kendall Jenner and her inability to cut a cucumber properly? Oh, God. And we revisited, uh, I was that yesterday? It doesn't matter. It was the other day. Maybe it was Monday. Uh, and we revisited Chris uh, Jenner's refrigerator situation. Yeah. I would like to say thank you to Kathy, who is a listener to the show, who sent us an email, who is a, she said she was a closet Kardashian fan. Girl, you're out of the closet now. I'm sorry. I just said your name. Uh, She said the veggies in the fridge were fake um, for the photo shoot. She purchased, are you ready for the best part? She purchased the brand of fridge. 
because the brand is called True. Chris Jenner purchased this particular brand of refrigerator because it had the same name as her granddaughter. She spent over $50,000 for it. And then they did this. um, The true company came in to set up the refrigerator at their home. And that's when they did the photo shoot that was on Instagram. And the company had, has been blown up with inquiries since. Oh, I'm not surprised. Also, um, I am going to buy the Bradley toilet collection because there's like a plumbing company oh, yeah. called Bradley. Totally. So that the next time you go to the urinal, mm-hmm. you'll see my name. That sounds Ooh, great. Can't wait. It's a good, good, good idea. Okay. Who's your D bag? My D bag today, thanks for asking, is, uh, well, let's just say, I don't know. It's kind of a combo deal. The Daily Mail. Mm hmm. The internet, mm-hmm. the world, and everyone else. Here's okay, why. Really quick, can I just point out, I've noticed a trend that this is how bad things have gotten in the world. We can't ever actually put our finger on one D-bag. Because there's too many. Because they all are working in concert. Okay, why are all of those entities Here's a headline. D-bags? In a world of Amber Heard's, be a Camille Vasquez. Johnny Depp fans go wild over speculation. He's dating his glamorous <gasps> attorney no. amid their tactile courtroom antics mm-hmm. and her sassy Amber put-downs. Oh my God! No, this is gross. Is it 19? I don't. 19 anything? Like, the trial is about a lady who says that Johnny Depp assaulted her, and the people on the, the media, they are obsessed with Johnny Depp dating his female attorney. This is the sideshow. Oh my, it's not the sideshow. It's not the sideshow. It's the main event. I guarantee you. And in fact, to prove my point, later in the show today, uh, in fact, it's coming at what, 2.15? You're going to hear a story about how you all can't shut up about this story. And I guess, (laughs) and I, I imagine... It's because people are titillated by uh, Amber Heard pooping in a bed, mm-hmm. allegedly a dog, according to her, mm-hmm. Johnny Depp dating his attorney, mm-hmm. um, these, you know, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard throwing punches and or bottles, mm-hmm. cutting off fingers. Mm-hmm. It is like all people care about is the most salacious parts of the story when there are actual bits and pieces of the story that you could find fascinating. Now, look. I am pathetic like everyone else. Mm-hmm. I am cheap. I am tawdry. Mm-hmm. I read headlines for a living. Mm-hmm. Literally. Mm-hmm. I am fully aware of my insecurities and my inabilities to avoid uh, drama at all costs. But that doesn't mean we have to, like, start there. Right? Like, you could be titillated, but are we really going to be so focused on Johnny Depp Dating his attorney based on somebody going through all of the pictures and stills from the broadcast of this trial of his attorney looking at him in a way that people then think is romantic. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Why? Gross. Because a man can't have a female attorney without wanting to have her in the boudoir. Yeah. Also, the attorney is busy attorneying. Yeah. She's know? a grown ass woman. Yeah. And she's very talented. And yeah. guess what? Most of her headlines are about. She's sassy. She's yeah. amazing. There's a whole thing on YouTube uh, about it. like her being like, oh, uh, Camille puts Amber in her place. Camille mm-hmm. shuts down Amber because you can only be 
I don't know, sexy or a bitch? Oh, Actually, she's a sexy yep. bitch. Get oh. used to it. Oh, a combo platter. <sighs> Get used to it. You guys, if you only understood what I'm talking about. I, well, it's so hard. Oh. Thank you for explaining it to us. Well, thank you for explaining civilization you know, to us mm-hmm. as it's I'm grateful that <laughs> yes. I have the testosterone to do yeah, so. Right, because we were just over here being like, I don't understand. Exactly. <laughs> just, yeah. Get used to it. Yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, I know there's probably people out there who were thinking there was a really obvious D-bag today and you guys didn't get to him. Oh, but we will. We have an entire segment for Neil Patrick Harris when we come back after this on My Talk 107.1. Thank you, Holly. This is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Oh, my goodness gracious. Has there ever been... A D-bag double down as super D-baggy as this. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's on the uh, the uh, plank today, Colleen? His name is Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, my favorite. Okay, well, this is what I love is that Bradley Trainer, you were an early adopter to the Neil Patrick Harris. He's just not my favorite. He's not your favorite. He's super not going to be your favorite right now. Oh, good. Okay, well. Because he is uh, issuing an apology for something that he should not have to apologize for because he should not have ever done it. Oh, okay. Well, what did he do? Uh, Just a handful of months after the death of Amy Winehouse. This was 11 years ago. Mm -hmm. She, of course, died at 27 of alcohol poisoning in July of 2011. It was horribly tragic. Um, It was... She died definitely before her time, a major talent. And again, like I said, she died in July of 2011. And in October of 2011, Neil Patrick Harris and his uh, husband, David Burka, had a Halloween party at which they displayed a... I don't even... I'm just... I'll just say it. It's so horrible to even say. They called it an Amy Winehouse cake. It okay. was decorated to look like the corpse of Amy Winehouse. Wait, what? Yeah. It uh, was a cake that was meant to look like the body uh, okay, of Amy Winehouse. Have you? No, I. It's so horrible. So what I will say is, when I first read this story, I thought it was like a charcuterie platter. Well, it's it's labeled like a charcuterie platter. Um, what does that mean? Well, because okay, so the decoration so, just in, a cake. In it all has honest, an, okay, go ahead. In all uh, fairness, I didn't look at the picture because I went to the Google or not the Google, the Twitter, mm-hmm. and it was like you had to click through the sensitivity filter, oh, and yeah. I was like, I don't want to, I don't ever mm-hmm. want to do that because first of all, friends have sent me things before in the past and been like, oh, it's fine. A little bit of my soul died. And so I don't like to do that. So I didn't actually look at this. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like a... And I was like, how do you how do you make a meat tray look like a corpse? Right. Also, what? So here's my understanding of it. And I've read a few different reports. And I think it is confusing. I think it's a cake that has a label on it like that makes it look like it is meats. Because humans oh. are... Yeah. Okay, so why did has he? So what did he say? Okay, here is his apology. 
this and he did he uh, talked to Entertainment Weekly, and this is where. And this also, quote why are we talking from. about this ten years later? Well, because the photo quote resurfaced, which oh. I have a question about that as well, because it makes me wonder if it surfaced at a different point and we didn't have a conversation about it. Okay. But what he said was a photo recently resurfaced from a Halloween themed party my husband and I hosted eleven years ago. It was regrettable then. Stick a pin in that. And it remains regrettable now. Amy Winehouse was a once in a generation talent, and I'm sorry for any hurt this image caused. Okay, well, that's kind of a milk toasty apology. Uh, a sure. thousand percent. Now, here's the question I have when he says it was regrettable then. I want to say then, at what point? <laughs> I And I always think this when something gross and disgusting and horrible and offensive and all the bad words about this, like this, happen. Where was a person with the voice of reason saying this is the worst idea anybody's ever had? Right? Like, because it wasn't just, it wasn't like Neil Patrick Harris went into the kitchen and whipped this up himself. There were people involved that had to make this happen. And where was the person that was like, hey, Neil, I don't know if you're really thinking this all the way through. Like, maybe we can just do like a generic thing maybe it doesn't have to be amy winehouse or like there are so many things that went wrong about this mm-hmm. and to say it was regrettable then but it doesn't sound like you were regretting it then yeah i mean i like i don't think there's any excuse and i i i do understand people doing things in poor taste and not thinking about it sure. like i you know i'm sure i have made that mistake in my own life um where i've said something and then thought twice about it um, after the fact, but usually when that happens, you go, yeah, that was wrong. And mm-hmm. I apologize. Mm-hmm. And I also understand that like bringing it, like how it resurfaces, like if he's apologized for it and we've moved on, I guess he's just going to have to whip out that apology on a regular basis because nothing dies on the internet. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things where, I mean, he's just going to have to keep talking about this at some point because you know how the internet is. It'll like something. Oh, we're going to see it again in ten years. Discovered, and I'm sure he's going to feel horrible Mm -hmm. for real. But you know, um, to your point, like just own it in the beginning and say, "Yeah, that was gross, and I apologize. Shouldn't have done it, and I was not thinking." And but I I just, I also, I really want to look, but I don't want to look because I don't need to look. But Mm -mm. I just, I need to understand in my brain. What? Uh, here's what like, I like. Who goes? You know, yeah. like I've no. What? Here's what I will tell you <laughs> well, about it. Apparently, it was made by David Burke, his husband. He and made his, it in his catering company. Okay, so see. Uh-huh. Okay, so again, so maybe David Burke should be uh, issuing an apology. Well, get him out in front of the microphone. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but here's the other thing, though. Without you having to look at it, what I will tell you is, it is a. It is not what you imagine it to be, right? Because you're thinking about, you know, the, the like charcuterie boards that you see, you know, that people, that you actually want to just call meats and cheeses platters, Bradley, right? You're thinking about like the decorative. Don't even get me started things. on, I would triple D bag down charcuterie trays. But, but this Meat looks, and cheese. in that sense, it looks, it does not look like that. It doesn't look like a veggie tray or it doesn't look like you can't identify pieces. So are you saying they did like food. salami that looks like part of Amy it, Winehouse? It, to me, it looks like a cake and it is remarkably accurate ish. And I say that in the sense that 
you could look at it and go, oh, I I see what that is supposed to be. Maybe you wouldn't connect the Amy Winehouse part of it, but you would see that it looks like a corpse. Yes. How do you make meat look like a corpse? That's my question, and I don't actually want to hear David Burke's answer or the rest of his catering company. (laughs) I mean, I just... Again, I I understand, and I understand that he that Neil Patrick Harris, like you said, is going to have to reissue and reissue and reissue this apology. I do love Entertainment Weekly was like eleven years later, photos of the edgy joke made the rounds on the internet again. Was it an edgy joke or just like outright expression of poor taste? Yeah, exactly. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, what you watching? 651-641-1071. Bradley's going to tell us about this new Hulu docu-series that involves Kristen Chenoweth that we are interested in after this on My Talk.